Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts, download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. Ken in D.C., we see you on the CC call-in line. That's a lot of C's calling, by the way. <laughs> but right now, we got to hold up the number one finger, Carlin, and we got to clear it out like Allen Iverson did once <laughs> upon a time against Shannon Penn uh, in Hampton, Virginia. We got to clear it out because we're bringing on our good friend, Sports Center anchor Kevin Nagandi. And first of all, I know Kevin wants to go off on you. He actually might be crisped off at you, Carlin. <laughs> but we're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> but, but, Kev, I got to ask you this question because we got the news of the day earlier with Nikola Jokic expected to be announced as the MVP. He's the 13th player to win back-to-back MVPs. Your thoughts on Jokic winning MVP, especially same as your guy Embiid got hosed for MVP this year? Candy, my first reaction is, warp that, man. Like, they go with the analysis and the analytics. And, listen, Jokic is a phenomenal player. My eyes don't lie. And... What you saw the you know in the last two games of this series, I heard you guys talk a little bit about it. Like it just changed the entire dynamic of the series, and I and I think it's just really unfair. Let's not forget back in March, who was the front runner to win the MVP, and then that that month everything changed because it was the optics of oh now Embiid has James Harden. Did we forget? Did we forget what happened the previous four months? What he did in January to carry that team? No Ben Simmons around dealing with the drama. They're still trying to find a number two guy that can help him. And then Tyrese Maxey emerges slowly as the season is progressing. But Embiid was doing this by himself. And I I know people are going to talk about the injuries with Denver. I I don't want to hear that. But I will also say this. We move on. I know one guy's still playing, and I saw the impact he's had the last two games, and he's still not at his best, dealing with a bad thumb, has to adjust to the mask. But the spacing and the confidence he brings around with everybody on the floor, that, to me, makes him the most valuable player. And and you know what? You guys introed me with that that soundbite that Carlin, and Carlin had a great point when you're talking about John Morant. He's not the best player in that series. But he's the most valuable player in that series on what he means to the Grizzlies, right? It changes everything when he's on the floor. And so we go with who's the best player to who's the most valuable player. And if you're doing that measuring stick, Joel Embiid the last two games has proved positive. And I understand it's a regular season award. He's been doing that all season long. Okay. He sounds sh- you sound shot out of a cannon today because you had a nice weekend. Is that accurate? Hell yeah! And I was there last night. I witnessed it. Okay, Carlin, you're going to get it. You called me an optimist. I heard all the trash you were giving me last week. Exactly. And it feels good. Uh, th- okay. It feels good. But here's what bothers me about this right now, and you should Uh-oh. know this. You should know this better than anybody. The series isn't over. What are you of doing? Course. 
Why would you do this? Why would you pick up the phone knowing full well there's still three games to play, and there are three games to play here, but why would you do Just because I said the series was over to begin with? Is that why? No, well, maybe because I wanted to get it in now because I also know the next three games will be grueling. I may not have that opportunity again. But I will also say we've got 21 on the floor. And look at the spacing. And you brought yes. up a great point earlier in this hour. Anybody that knows, the backups play really well at home, right? All of a sudden, those shots start to fall at home. I will point out one thing. Those shots weren't falling for the Danny Greens and the Niangs of the world in the first two games because they felt the need they had to make it because Embiid wasn't on the floor. The one thing Embiid does is I think he gives the confidence to everybody on the floor. If you miss it, it's going to be okay. You don't have to worry. I'm going to make sure we get enough offense. But those first two games, it was all about we can't miss. And I thought the last two games – if we miss, it's going to be okay. Next time down the floor, we reset. And also, I'm not sure what we're going to get out of James Harden because that was Houston James Harden last night. That was emotional James Harden. We haven't seen the 30 games in Philly so far this entire season. But if you get that number two guy that is either Maxi or Harden matching up and playing well, I like the Sixers' chances because – when you look at everybody else on the other side, Kyle Lowry, he's got a bad wheel. He can't run the floor. And it's, it's Jimmy Butler's the only guy that's fearless on the floor with the Heat because I thought Doc has done a great job the last two games finding a way to neutralize Tyler Hero. So what adjustment will Eric Spolcher make in the next game? And it could be, it could be the Raptors' playbook where you're going to basically double down on Harden, but they don't have the length that the Raptors have. So I'm curious about that. Talking with Sports Center anchor Kevin Agandi on Canty and Carlin. And Kevin, I know how you and the Philadelphia sports fans feel today after the weekend that you guys had. I can't imagine that the Dallas Mavericks fans feel a lot different because their team was able to tie their series up 2 2 with the Phoenix Suns over the weekend. How impressed were you seeing what the Mavs did in games three and four? Yeah, I got I to gotta give credit to Jason Kidd as well because Kidd the first two games each after each game he called his entire team out in a certain way where he challenged them he didn't call them bums but he just said hey Luca's the only one showing up I'm going to challenge everybody and he did it in a way where I thought it was a professionalism uh, that sometimes some coaches don't have or the understanding when the pressure's on and that shows you I think the game experience that kid has brought through the years and also being in several battles when it comes to playoff pedigree I thought he, he made, a, made it in a way that, are you guys going to help your guy? I'm not calling you out, but are you going to help your guy, Luca? because Luca needs it. That intensity played a different role, right, those last two games. But it goes back to Carlin. You're in Dallas. All right, what are you going to do now back in Phoenix? How are you going to handle that situation? And let me tell you, let me tell you, that Phoenix locker room has taken notice. There is no doubt. Oh, you're going to go in on Chris Paul? You're going to do this to Chris Paul? That it may be a wrap the next two games. I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns come out and say, no, we're not dealing with this anymore. We're shutting this down for our guy. We're going to move on to the next round. See, they do have the feel of a team that can do that, but for whatever reason, that series just feels to me like it's going to be one where the home team wins every game. Now, as far as you, you're concerned at this point, are you just are you over the top feeling the confidence right now? I mean, take me through the weekend. The weekend just completely changed your outlook. Joel has changed everybody's outlook as he should. But where 
is your confidence level right now of winning this series? All right, Carlin. And, I, and, and listen, you guys can go back to my tweets. Start of the series, even with Embiid out, I said Sixers and Six. You want to know why I said Sixers and Six? You were drunk it's at the because time? <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew specifically, I knew Embiid was going to be back for game three. I knew he was going to be back. I know there was reports. I, I knew he was going to be back in game three. And I knew that dynamic on the floor was going to be changed throughout the offense. But, you know, one thing we don't talk about, Joel has done a fantastic job. And I think, Kent, you nailed it last year. Defensively, he changes the entire space on the floor. And the only guy who wants to attack is Jimmy Butler. No one's coming in the lane just because of the presence of 21. Shots are altered because he's there in that space clogging it up. So I will say this. If they take game five, it's a wrap. Because the environment for game six will be tremendous. Unless Jimmy Butler gives them 50, who else is going to find a way to score? But I'm going well, to be nice to you, Carlin. Right I don't want you to think I'm crazy. I'll say it's going to go in seven. All right? That, we'll, we'll just do it that way. No, I'll, no, I'll no, no, nice, no, 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 no. We believe in take integrity on this show. Yes, you, say, you tell us you said sixers and six. That's what we're going with, sixers and six. And I'm feeling good. There it is, Kevin DeGandhi calling his shot with his Sixers, saying that they're going to beat the Heat in six. We'll hear from you afterward. Yeah, Kevin, (laughs) Kevin, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Fellas, I appreciate it. Enjoy. All right. All right. Sixers in six. So after going down 0-2, rattling off four straight wins, including one down in Miami? Here's what I'm surprised. I I am surprised. That's a tall task there now. You know, I know that town. I am surprised that a Philly guy, after just evening up the series, would pick up the phone and, you know, look to say, now what? Yeah, he's, touching, he's touching the money a little a bit. Little yeah, bit. He's touching little the money bit. a little bit. <laughs> he's touching the money a little bit. All right, Ken, we see you on the CC calling line. We promise we're going to get to you in a second. Also, coming up next, was Jordan Poole's grab of Jabba Rant's leg a dirty play? Hmm. I don't know. We'll talk about it. You're listening to Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Did Embiid get robbed of the MVP? That's what we want to know from you. Hit us up on the CC call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. So, Carlin, we do have to get to what happened in the game with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors on Saturday night. But before we do, Ken has been waiting patiently in D.C., wants to chime in on today's MVP news. Ken, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Hey, thank you, guys. I really appreciate um, I love your show. For one thing I want to say first, uh, Canty, you were a beast when you were in Dallas, and Jerry Jones should still be paying you checks for your work. <laughs> well, Ken, I appreciate that. I'm just glad Jerry Jones drafted me in the first place, gave me a shot to get into the league because it actually opened up the door for me to be doing what I'm doing right now, talking to you. But what you got for us on this MVP convo? Well, I actually think Noel was robbed, and I agree with what Carlin said earlier. I think the NBA, the NBA needs to recategorize or redefine the actual uh, position of MVP and most outstanding player because Joel just he just outdid everybody this year. And when you look at, if you want to start, you ask the, your top ten people who they want to start a, their team with as a big man, and I guarantee you. Nine out of ten would say Joel Embiid first. Absolutely they would. And, look, the other problem with the MVP voting is that we have no idea what the actual criteria are because it does seem like it changes every year. Either you're going to stick to it or you're not. And even whatever you tell me it is, when I look at who you end up voting for, it doesn't hold true to form. Yeah, that's the biggest problem, just the inconsistency from year to year and what seems to be the criteria, what they value, what they don't value, what holds more weight. Those are the things that we want to know. But it seems like with Jokic winning back-to-back MVPs, overwhelmingly the numbers are what wins the day when we start casting ballots for this award. And that's what I have a problem with, Carlin, because as we said before, the numbers don't tell the entire story. It only tells part of it. And if you watch what happened in the playoffs – with Joel Embiid out the first two games against the Heat versus having him Embiid for games three and four, you can see how valuable he is to the Sixers. And this is a team, when they're at their best, is a true title contender. Again, at any point this season, did we feel like the Denver Nuggets could contend for a championship? No. So Jokic is the MVP of what? I'll I'll take it a step further. And maybe this is unfair, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. If they had had Michael Porter Jr. and they had had Jamal Murray, but let's just say that Jokic would would have missed the season. Would they have been a playoff team? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No question. If Embiid had missed the season, are the Sixers a playoff team? Maybe probably, a play-in. Probably not. Maybe playing. Maybe playing team. Yeah. Exactly. I agree with that. That tells me everything that. I need to know. That tells me everything I need to know. You know what else I found out? That I learned all I needed to know about this Memphis Grizzlies Golden State Warriors series this weekend when it got back to the Chase Center for Game 3. Because, Carlin, I'm not sure if you saw it. Well, I know you saw it because we talked about it in our production meeting. But the Golden State Warriors boat raced the Memphis Grizzlies 142-112. to 112. And the big story coming out of this game was Ja Morant's injury. We saw what happened to him after the trap in the fourth quarter at half court. Tweaked his knee. 
Taylor, Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, had plenty to say about it. Let's take a listen to what Taylor Jenkins said about John Morant's injury. Are you saying he did it on accident, on purpose? Was he trying Watch to get the, the film. Ball? I don't know. Oh, well, you know. I'm, just, you, I'm, you I'm saying that it. happened. It triggered it. Okay. But are you saying, I'm asking, I, I don't are know you what saying that he did it on head. purpose or accident? No, I didn't say that it went on purpose. I said the play no, happened. No, no. Which one is it? There was a grab. I'm just curious what happened. Okay. So if you say he triggered an injury, then that means that Jordan Poole caused John Morant's injury. Isn't that the insinuation? Yes. So he's, so he's trying, so, saying it straight so out. So Taylor Jenkins is saying it without being, what, accusatory? I mean, he's not accomplishing anything. Just say it. You think that Jordan Poole had a dirty play against your player. It, now, it, I don't see it that way, Carlin. When I look back at the video, it seems like there's a scrum for the basketball. He's being trapped. Hands are flying everywhere. It didn't feel like Jordan Poole intentionally tried to pull John Morant's knee to tweak his knee. That's not what I saw. I don't know that it can be interpreted that way, but I certainly ha- didn't. It didn't feel like that in real time. No, it didn't. And I, I would say that it looks so blatant in some ways that you can't think remotely that's what he was trying to do. He was going for the ball. I absolutely thought that. What Taylor Jenkins is doing there is being passive aggressive. It's like talking to your spouse. It's just it's, he's trying to say it without saying it, and it's silly. And for me. Taylor Jenkins, in this instance, is dead wrong. This is nowhere near Draymond Green. This is nowhere near Dylan Brooks. The injury actually happened a few plays earlier. If you look at the tape and you see that's when he first kind of messed up his knee. Mm-hmm. And then the maybe it tweaked it even further. What I really didn't like was Ja tweeting out the whole thing about how that's Broke breaking the code. The code. Yeah. yeah. So, no, come on. And here's the other thing, come Carlin. On. Can we start with the deleting a tweet? If you're a star player. It's and, up there, dude. The second you, got you hit hun- send. You got hundreds of thousands of people following you, if not millions. Once you put that out there in, in, in social media, people are going to see it. They're going to snatch it. It's never going away. Nope. So don't take it down. Or better yet, don't put it up because you make yourself look ridiculous. You know, he's still a kid. He's still a kid. That's what I chalk it up to it, but. At the same time, there's no way that was intentional. And it's unfortunate that we're not going to see him tonight. But hopefully. I don't think, but here's the thing, Carlin, I'll say this. I don't think it's going to make a difference. Because even before John Morant got hurt, the Memphis Grizzlies were on their way to being embarrassed by the Golden State Warriors. And if I can't say it's not going to make a difference. It, 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 I don't think it's going to make a difference in this series. I felt like yeah. Golden State was going to win this series and it wasn't going to be a seven-game series coming into it. And I still feel that way. Now, maybe it's more of a gentleman sweep because Jaws out. But, yeah, I, I don't see – I didn't see Memphis being able to come on the road and beat Golden State in the Chase Center. So, from that perspective, that's why I didn't think it would make a difference. Coming up next, which QBs are under the most pressure this season? Colin and I will have the answer. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. The NFL schedule comes out this week, and you can be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. Every power run, every Hail Mary, every touchdown celebration can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn free tickets from your very first purchase. Buy 10 tickets, get the 11th one free. That's like getting 10% back on every ticket. From the 50-yard line to the end zone, Vivid Seats has you covered with the tickets at great prices. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. You're listening to Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Don't press in.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on the Twitter line, at Chris Carlin and at ChrisCanny99. And Andre McClain, we see you on Twitter. Appreciate the shout-out. Andre McClain coming with the receipts, Carlin, on John Morant. Not only did he not get injured on the play that Taylor Jenkins and the Memphis Grizzlies are claiming, but John Morant earlier in the series, in Game 2, Deciding to stick his leg out when Steph Curry's blowing by him. Yeah. Off the bounce and that's, tripping him and fouling him. That's more than a little sketchy. That's breaking the code if I ever saw it. So I'm just yeah. saying, just, just putting that out there. Andre McClain coming with the receipts. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. And speaking of receipts, big fella, hmm. there are some quarterbacks that are going to have to come with some receipts this upcoming season in order to hold on to their job as the starting quarterback with their current franchise. Now, the thought was inspired by what I saw from Dan Orlovsky this morning on Get Up when he came out with his fundamental list, the top five quarterbacks under the most pressure coming into this upcoming NFL season. And checking in at number five, he had the Jets second-year quarterback, Zach Wilson. At number four, he had one Jalen Hurts from the Philadelphia Eagles. Number three, he had Tua from the Miami Dolphins. Number two, Aaron Rodgers, fresh off that $150 million contract. And number one, Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. So it got me to thinking, and of course I brought this to you guys in our production meeting, who are the quarterbacks that are under the most pressure coming into this year? Now, before we get into the conversation, I feel like we have to qualify it and set certain parameters because there are some quarterbacks that are certainly under pressure, but we don't expect much from them coming into this season, right? Like Marcus Mariota is under pressure to be a starter in the National Football League, but we don't think he's the long-term answer in Atlanta, no, right? No, Okay, And they're not expected to no, win. No, Same thing with Carolina and Sam Donald. Like, last year showed them enough where they were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They want to move off him. They want to find a different option at quarterback. Hell, they drafted Matt Corral in the third round. So we don't expect much from those guys, but we acknowledge that they're fighting for their career mortality as a starter. But there is a handful of guys around the National Football League, a half a dozen or so, that have the potential to go either way. Either they could be the long-term starter with the current team that they're on, or they could be relegated to being a career backup. And so before I give you my guys on that list, who comes to mind when we start talking about quarterbacks under the most pressure in 2022? Tua. Tua Tungavailoa. What else can we do for you? We gave you Tyreek Hill, who is – the most explosive player, I think, in the sport. 
We gave you Jalen Waddle from last year, who developed exceptionally well. We signed Cedric Wilson. We made Mike Gusecki the franchise player. We brought in Teron Armstead. Like, we're doing everything we can here. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. Like, dude, we're handing it to you. We know you can't throw the ball more than 15 yards in the air. <laughs> we are making this as easy for you as possible. Tua can't screw this up. And that's really what it boils down to. Tua can't screw this up. I look at the rest of that offense. There's more than enough playmakers there, and there's enough help on the offensive line where Tua needs to be the guy that makes that go. And I'm not 100% sold that he can be that guy yet. No, I'm with you a 1,000%. He's on the hot seat. And guess what? If it doesn't work out for Tua, it's probably not going to work out for their general manager, Chris Greer, either. Because remember, he's the one that passed on Justin Herbert to select Tua. Doesn't seem like that was the right decision. Going to throw a name out here that might not be top of mind for a lot of folks with this conversation. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill coming into this season. You're talking about having the number one seed in the AFC playoff field a year ago, and you throw three interceptions on your way to losing in the divisional round to the Cincinnati Bengals in their second-year quarterback. Not to dismiss Cincinnati because they were a good team. They represented the conference in the Super Bowl. But Ryan Tannehill's got to be better than that when it matters most. Now, the Tennessee Titans couldn't do anything with this contract just because of the dead money. It would have been something like a $50 million cap hit had they tried to trade him or cut him. But that number becomes much more manageable in 2023 in the offseason. So, feels like Ryan Tannehill might be fighting for his career mortality as a starting quarterback. I apologize if this is one that you were going to bring up, but I have to bring it up. Go ahead. Jameis Winston. How How is Jameis Winston not in this discussion? Like for Dan in particular, who has talked about how the Saints are one of the possibly better than the Packers this year. And I think he has them as second in the NFC right now. Why is it that we look at everything else that the Saints have done and give them all the credit in the world for having done it, yet somehow we forget that Jameis Winston is the quarterback of this team and has never won very much. Serviceable is a way I would put it for Jameis Winston when he's at his best, Chris? That's not a ringing endorsement. No. And then beyond that, the New Orleans Saints went out and signed him to a two-year contract. That's not exactly a vote of confidence from the organization. So they're, they, tell, they're telling you, Jameis, we'll give you an opportunity because we don't have anything better to do right now. And, again, gave him a lot more to work with. He's getting Thomas back. You would hope happier and you would hope healthier. Yep. They got Olave. Yep. Um. They lost Armstead, but they drafted Trevor Penning right up top. Mm-hmm. These these are all, and they got it better defensively when you bring in Matthew. So, to me, like, I'm not convinced in the least about the Saints and the NFC yet, simply because I they don't have the quarterback position figured out. No, I'm with you on that one, and I will also raise you when it comes to quarterbacks in this conversation, the three other quarterbacks in the NFC East, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, Daniel oh. Jones. All three of those guys are fighting right now to prove that they are the guy. And of the three, I think Jalen Hurts has the best opportunity just because of the supporting cast around him. I don't anticipate Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones being able to prove that they deserve to be the long-term option for either franchise. Any of those three left standing at the end of the year? I know who I think is. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He's the guy I'm rolling with. I, I believe Jalen Hurts can play. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I think it's taking a little bit of time, and, and they continue to get better. Yep. Jalen Hurts is going to be the answer in Philadelphia, and yeah. that's going to be a nice problem to have next year when you have the extra first-round pick. Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts at his best can give you some semblance of what we see from Dak Prescott with the right supporting cast. Coming up next, can the Celtics afford another subpar game from Jason Tatum in the series? Carlin and I will weigh in. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kenny and Carlin talking quarterbacks coming into 2022 under the most pressure. We're going to go out to the CC Carlin line and bring on Michael in New Jersey. Michael, you're on with Kenny and Carlin. What up? Hey, man. Uh, first of all, good to be on with you guys. Um, second of all, I'm just talking about a team that had three names in about three years. I'm talking about Carson Wentz. How many chances does this guy get, man? I love, I love my commanders, but... Uh, this guy get too many chances. I got to uh, believe this is it. I, I And frankly, I can't remember a guy that in the span of one year went from being traded for a first-round pick to a guy that the team openly could not wait to get rid of and were no, no problem, with, with no problem, were willing to tell you so. That, like, he had to go. 
I'm just trying to think, Carlin. How, and it was his coach, too, How by many the way. first round picks has Carson Wentz cost the teams that choose to believe in his talent and allow him to be their well, remember, franchise guy? Eagles went to get him. They traded that was two. Up twice. That was two. They traded up twice to get him. Yeah, so that, that was yep. two, two first round. I know it was yep. more in that deal, but it was yep. two first rounders yep. that were a part of that package. Yep. Then, then the, the Colts gave up a first round pick this right. year. In order to get him last year. Yeah. So you're talking about a minimum of three first-round draft picks. In addition to everything else. In addition to everything <laughs> We still believing in this dude? I, I can't. We still caping for Carson Wentz? Where's Dan Orlowski when you need him? How the hell does he come up with a list of quarterbacks under the most pressure and Carson Wentz ain't on it? Uh, and, and Carson Wentz isn't on it, and neither is... Uh... Winston for the team that he absolutely loves. Oh yeah, he's got the New Orleans Saints as the number three team in the NFC. I don't even know how that's possible. I, I don't know how that's possible either. Yeah. But um, when you have that guy, and you're the Commanders, and you've decided to try to make it happen here, I, I don't understand what you're giving up in return. I still felt like they gave up too much in return for what they got. What they give what up? They have a three? I thought a three. Yeah, it ended up being a three. I wouldn't. I, when this guy has clearly had the bad influence in the locker room and is not well-liked. And why, you already have a bad locker room. Yes. Why am I bringing that in? Yeah. The, com- the commanders don't have a good locker room, and it's not a stable organization. I love Dan Ron Snyder Rivera. should lose the team for that. I, I love Ron Rivera, but it's not a stable organization. No. Hiring Ron Rivera was like putting lipstick on a pig. And now you're throwing Carson Wentz into a mix with a team where you saw Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen punching each other on the sideline. See, this is in what a I, game. and this is what I don't like about it. Is I, I like Ron Rivera too. I think he's a really good coach. I don't think that's the job he should have taken because if it doesn't work out, somebody's going to look at him and say, mm, "Not get another get another opportunity," and that's unfair. Can Jason Tatum get his field goal percentage much higher? If the Boston Celtics are going to have a chance in this series, he better. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the CC call-in line. Which favorite in round two is in the most trouble in the NBA playoffs? Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. But, big fella, we got to talk about the other series that we haven't mentioned thus far in the show, and that being the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, the Bucks took game three, 103-101, it was some drama at the end of the game because of Marcus Smart and, I guess, the attempt to shoot a three-pointer and to draw that foul to shoot three free throws uh, ended up only being two free throws. They were in the bonus. They were, did not call it as a shooting foul. Your thoughts on the play and your thoughts on what happened right after with the scrum for Boston to try to tie that thing up. Well, I had no problem with the call. And the league came out and showed the video again in their, you know, their two-minute reviews after the fact and said – this was the right call because the arm was not on the way up yet yep. when he actually got fouled. So in the moment, I thought it was actually the right call, too. Um, so that doesn't bother me. And if I'm the Celtics, honestly, just keep quiet. Because if you want to talk about officiating, the last, I think it's the last 17 minutes of that game or 15 minutes of that game, the free throw discrepancy was 17 to nothing in favor of the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So stop. Just stop with the complaining about that call. That's, that's not why you lost a game. Yeah, the Celtics shot twice as many free throws as the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, you lost that game <laughs> for two reasons. Number one, Giannis figured out how to get to work. 
and got his 42 or whatever he ended up with. Mm -hmm. And Jason Tatum shoots four for 19. You have those two things happen. Listen, if I were the Celtics, like, that's a scenario where I actually feel great about it. Yeah. Because Giannis went off, Tatum did nothing, and we're trying to tip the ball in to win the game. Yeah. It's not bad. No, it's not a bad scenario, but Jason Tatum, if he's going to hang out in club superstar, yeah. this is one of the games, one of the series Four that he's got to show. Four for 19 doesn't show up. 21% from the field ain't going to get it done, bro. No, it's no. not. And so we laud the effort that we get from Grant Williams and from Marcus Smart and from Al Horford. But if the Celtics are going to have any chance, their top two players are going to have to play at a higher level than the top two players from the Bucks, that being Giannis and Drew Holiday. And that was not the case on Saturday. So that's the thing that I'm going to be looking for tonight is whether or not Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can match the intensity that you're getting from the stars from the Milwaukee Bucks because if they can't, then you're talking about this series getting wrapped up in short order. I will be surprised. Because I don't see the Celtics being able to come back being down 3-1. I will be surprised if the Celtics um, don't get high-level play from those two tonight. I'll be very surprised. The Celtics have played great coming off of losses, Carlin. I mean, since we've gotten to this calendar year, you're talking about the Celtics being 10-3 and after losses. So I I, I don't see this as a situation where they're going to drop both games to the Milwaukee Bucks in in Milwaukee. I I just, I don't see it just because this is a team that has a lot of pride and they show when their backs are up against the wall, they usually come out with their best performance. And I think that's what we're in store for tonight. But they still got to go out there and do it. And I don't want to be dismissive of the reigning defending world champions on their home court. And that, to me, is the tall task. I but think, let, let's call I what think, it is. You have, been, you have been doubting them a little bit, and understandably so, since Middleton went down. You have been doubting the Bucks since Middleton went down. Here's the thing, and I, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. I actually thought that Boston was the better team coming into the playoffs even before the Middleton injury. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and so I'm a little bit surprised to see this series unfold the way that it has. I thought Boston would take control of this thing. I thought it would be 2-1 Boston at this point. Um, but the fact that it's 2-1 the other way leads me to be a little concerned. I got a little bit of angst about my pick. Now, I believe in take integrity. I'm still going to ride with the Boston Celtics, but I ain't saying it with my chest right now, Carlin. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit nervous because the best player in the world asserted himself in Saturday's game. And if he's truly figured out how to navigate this Ime Adoka Boston Celtics defensive scheme, then it's going to be tough sledding for the Boston Celtics in terms of being able to get wins, especially on the road. And as we know, the Bucks have already stolen home court. So at some point, Boston has got to win a game on the road. And it felt like Saturday's game was the perfect opportunity for that to happen, and it didn't. I'll tell you what really has me intrigued about this series as a whole and i asked you this before we were on the air earlier today with email udoka do you feel like the celtics are at a considerable um disadvantage comes to coaching with budenholzer on the other side and your answer was they're not at any kind of deficit no they're not at a deficit i'm not going to sit here and say that email doka in his first year as a head coach is a better coach than bud but he's not a lesser coach. If the Celtics lose, that's not that's not going to be because they got out coached. No, no, 
No. And that says a lot no. for Udoka. I mean, this says a lot for the job that Udoka's done. But you don't think everybody else around the NBA sees it that way? No, I think they do. I think they do. But I think we as fans sometimes don't pay as much attention to something like that mm-hmm. as a massive factor in this series. When you're going up against a guy that's just won a championship, and let's call it what it was, was in demand when he was leaving the Hawks. Yeah. You know, he got a job in, what, five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that says so much to me about what Udoka's been able to do with the Celtics this year that has made such a huge difference as opposed to the Brad Stevens Celtics. Yes, I think he has a way of being able to communicate to his players and sell them on the overall agenda and how it could be in their best interest individually. And Carlin, we know that's what it comes down to with this generation of athlete. They want to know what's in it for them. And what's in it for them is what we've seen with the development of Jason Tatum and him emerging as a superstar in this league. Jalen Brown being able to coexist on the court at the same time with Jason Tatum. That's finally worked. And then Marcus Smart being the orchestrator, solidifying the point guard position on their offense. Those were all things that were huge question marks coming into the season. Remember, Carlin, it wasn't that long ago we were having a conversation about whether you were going to have to move off of Tatum or Brown. That was actually the talk. People didn't think that they could play together. I never people, bought that one. People, but yeah. didn't, people didn't know how this offense would work. Who was going to be the point guard once you moved off of Kyrie? Nobody had the answer to that. And Ime Adoka came up with all of those things, not to mention transforming them into the second-best defensive team in all of basketball. Look, I, I'd be surprised if this is not another tight one tonight. Do you believe the Celtics will get this one tonight? They've been so good after losses, and I think that's a reflection of coaching. So I'm going to say they do get this game tonight. I am going to have a lot of trouble picking against the Bucks in Milwaukee. So I, I've been on the Bucks for quite some time. I say they go back to the Garden with a 3-1 series lead.